Hi, welcome to the session. In this podcast, we will cover Neisseria gonorrhea. Neisseria gonorrhea, also known as the gonococcus when it's singular or gonococci when it's plural, is a species of gram-negative diplococci originally isolated by Albert Neisser in 1879. It causes a sexually transmitted genital urinary infection, gonorrhea, as well as other forms of gonococcal disease, including disseminated gonococcemia, septic arthritis, and gonococcal ophthalmia neonatorum. Now, this is an oxidase-positive aerobic bacterium, and it survives within neutrophils. To culture it, it requires carbon dioxide supplementation and enriched chocolate auger with various antimicrobials. That auger is called Thayer Martin. Now, although that is used in the lab, most clinical diagnoses are made based on history, physical findings, and nucleic acid amplification tests. Now, sexual transmission is possible through vaginal, anal, or oral sex. Sexual transmission can be prevented through the use of barrier protection. Perinatal transmission may occur during childbirth and may be prevented by antibiotic treatment of the mother before birth and the application of antibiotic eye gel on the eyes of the newborn. Now, after an episode of gonococcal infection, infected persons do not develop immunity to future infections. Reinfection is possible due to Neisseria gonorrhea's ability to evade the immune system by varying its surface proteins. Clinically, Neisseria gonorrhea can cause infections of the genitals, throat, and eyes. Asymptomatic infection is common in both males and females, but gonorrhea tends to be more symptomatic than its counterpart, chlamydia, which is more indolent. Untreated infection may spread to the rest of the body as a disseminated gonococcal infection, especially the joints presenting as septic arthritis. Untreated infection in women may cause pelvic inflammatory disease and possibly infertility due Due to the resulting tubal scarring. Diagnosis is either through culture, which was traditional, gram stain, which isn't done very much anymore, and of course, nucleic acid amplification tests. Now, chlamydia co-testing and testing for other STIs is recommended due to the high rates of co-infection with Neisseria gonorrhea. In the United States, an estimated 820,000 new cases of gonorrhea infection occur each year, and gonorrhea is the second most commonly reported communicable disease. Annual screening for Neisseria gonorrhea is recommended for all sexually active women aged 25 years or less, and that's the same as for chlamydia. Now, screening for older women who may be at increased risk can also occur, like those who have a new sex partner, more than one sex partner, a sex partner with a concurrent other partner, or a sex partner who has an STI. Additional risk factors for gonorrhea include inconsistent condom use among persons who are not mutually monogamous, previous or coexisting sexual transmitted infections, and those who, of course, exchange money for drugs. For screening, nucleic acid amplification tests are available for the detection of genital urinary infection with gonorrhea. Culture is also available but not frequently used. NAT allows for the widest variety of FDA-cleared specimen types, including endocervical swabs, vaginal swabs, urethral swabs in men, and urine from both men and women. Remember that that urine should be a first-catch specimen. 
Regarding treatment, there is an advantage to dual antibiotic therapy for this infection, mainly because it is thought to slow the emergence and spread of resistance to cephalosporins, the recommended regimen for uncomplicated gonococcal infections of the cervix urethra, and rectum is a combination of ceftriaxone, 250 milligrams in a single dose, plus azithromycin, 1 gram orally in a single dose. As dual therapy, ceftriaxone and azithromycin should be administered together on the same day and preferably simultaneously and under direct observation. Ceftriaxone in a single injection of 250 milligrams provides sustained high bactericidal levels in the blood. There's also extensive clinical experience that indicates that ceftriaxone is safe and effective for the treatment of uncomplicated gonorrhea at all anatomical sites. It cures 99.2% of uncomplicated urogenital and anal rectal infections and 98.9% of pharyngeal infections. Now, there's no clinical data to support the use of doses of ceftriaxone greater than 250 milligrams. As an alternative regimen, if ceftriaxone is not available, the CDC recommends cefixime, 400 milligrams orally in a single dose, plus azithromycin, 1 gram orally in a single dose. After treatment, a test of cure, usually defined as retesting within two to four weeks, is not needed for persons who receive a diagnosis of uncomplicated urogenital or rectal gonorrhea who have been treated with the recommended or the alternative regimen. Now, that's different than in pregnancy, where a test of cure is recommended since persistent gonorrheal infection can lead to pre-labor rupture of membranes or preterm birth. In gynecology, for women who have been treated for gonorrhea, they should be retested at three months after treatment, regardless of whether they believe their sex partners were treated or not. If retesting at three months is not possible, then clinicians should retest whenever the person's next present for medical care within 12 months following the initial treatment. Okay, now discussing pregnancy, pregnant women who are infected with Neisseria gonorrhea should be treated with dual therapy just like those who are not pregnant. Ceftriaxone, 250 milligrams in a single IM dose, with Zithromax, 1 gram orally, should be given. When cephalosporine allergy or other considerations preclude treatment with this regimen and spectinomycin is not available, consultation with an ID specialist is recommended. Okay, when we come back, let's cover gonococcal infections among neonates. Prenatal screening and treatment of pregnant women is the best method for preventing gonococcal infection among neonates. Gonococcal infection among neonates results from perinatal exposure to the mother's infected cervix. It is usually an acute illness that manifests about two to five days after birth. The prevalence of infection among infants depends on the prevalence of infection among pregnant women, whether pregnant women are screened and treated for gonorrhea, and whether newborns receive ophthalmia prophylaxis. The most most severe manifestations of Neisseria gonorrhea infection in newborns are ophthalmia neonatorum and sepsis, which can cause arthritis and meningitis. Less severe manifestations include rhinitis, vaginitis, urethritis, and infections at sites of fetal monitoring. To prevent gonococcal ophthalmia neonatorum, a prophylactic agent should be instilled into both eyes of all newborn infants. This procedure is required by law in most states. 
ocular prophylaxis is warranted because it can prevent sight-threatening gonococcal ophthalmia and has an excellent safety record. It's also easy to administer and it's inexpensive. The recommended prophylactic regimen prevents gonococcal ophthalmia. However, its efficacy for prevention of chlamydia ophthalmia is less clear and it does not eliminate nasopharyngeal colonization by chlamydia trachomatis. The recommended regimen for eye prophylaxis in the neonate is a erythromycin 0.5% ophthalmic ointment in each eye in a single application at birth. This preparation should be instilled into both eyes of all neonates as soon as possible after delivery, regardless of whether they were delivered vaginally or by cesarean section. Ideally, ointment should be applied using single-use tubes or ampules rather than multiple-use tubes. If prophylaxis is delayed, not administered in the delivery room, a monitoring system should be established to ensure that all infants do receive prophylaxis. Erythromycin is the only antibiotic ointment recommended for use in neonates. Silver nitrate and tetracycline ophthalmic ointments are no longer manufactured in the United States, and bacitracin is not effective. Additionally, popovo iodine has not been studied adequately. Gentamicin ophthalmic ointment has been associated with severe ocular reactions in neonates and should not be used for ocular prophylaxis. Again, gentamicin should not be used. If erythromycin ointment is not available, infants at risk for exposure to Neisseria gonorrhea, especially those born to a mother at risk for infection or with no prenatal care, these infants can be administered ceftriaxone, 25 to 50 milligrams per kilo IV or IM, not to exceed 125 milligrams in a single dose. All right, that wraps up our quick podcast on Neisseria gonorrhea, the bacteria that causes gonococcal infection. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.